Welcome to Focus on Claims with Ernie Bray, CEO of ACD. Hey everyone, Ernie Bray here with a episode of Focus on Claims that I've been wanting to have for a long time. Uh, today's guest is Brad Fancher of Allen Adjusting. Now, Brad is an appraiser out in the Midwest, uh, is does a fantastic job. And the way he works is a great example for other appraisers out there. So I wanted to get him on the podcast today to hear his story, how it works, how he's doing everything and how he's built his business. And welcome on, Brad. Well, thanks, Ernie. It's uh, it's great to be here. I've I've listened to, man, I, maybe I've listened to every episode. I'm not sure yet, but uh, to, to be a part of uh, an actual episode is, a, is an honor. So I really appreciate being well, hey, here. Excited glad, about this moment. Glad to have you on, you know, and, and I really want to make this, uh, this episode one where we're having kind of a free-flowing conversation. We kind of have an outline of mm -hmm. context, uh, things I want to cover, but I think this is great for other independent appraisers out there that want to grow their business. They want to deliver a great product in an industry that is in flux. There's a lot of things going on. I mean, you have technology is trying out there to replace certain functions. You have the human factor. I'm a big component, a proponent of the human factor. And there's so many different dynamics going on, but there's, you can do all these things you want, but it comes down to the human experience. And that's what we're going right. to dive into a little bit today. So, you know, hey, tell us a little bit about, you know, how did you, you know, get into the business? Tell me your story. All right. Well, uh, I will try my best to give you the, I, I don't know if this is true with anyone else, but it just seems that if there's anything that's life changing in my life, it's always really long, you know, how I got there. But uh, I guess in 2018, I just, I just needed a change, uh, you know, career wise, or just, I, I don't know, I was just anticipating, desiring change. And um, I had, uh, it, it had been about 10 to 12 years since I had been in the building world prior to, uh, you know, 10 years, 12 years back, I was a general contractor okay. and built uh, mainly spec homes in my area of Kentucky, uh, live right on the Kentucky-Tennessee state line, mm -hmm. uh, right where Fort Campbell military base is. So, you know, with the growth of Fort Campbell, I enjoyed quite a few years of success as a, as a general contractor, spec home builder. And prior to that, I owned uh, a paint contracting business, a, a trim, uh, trim carpentry business. And even before that, I was in lumber sales. So mm -hmm. I, I've been, and my dad was a builder. I've been around the building world my entire life. I loved it. Uh, but I had stepped out of that for about 10 to 12 years, and there was just a desire to get back. Um, you know, my children were getting older. One was headed to college, needed some extra income. So all of these thoughts, uh, again, had a friend that was a property adjuster, uh, knew me pretty well. And he, he asked me one day, he said, hey, you know, I, 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 you know through conversation, uh, you know, I, I can tell you, you're wanting something different. You're wanting something new. Uh, and he was uh, working kind of like a cat situation. But then again, dailies, it, it's hard to describe what he was doing. But uh, it was down in Alabama. He asked me, said, hey, come with, spend a week with me and, and just see what I do. See if you like it. Well, I did that. I went and spent a week with him uh, just doing property uh, claims. 
I loved it. And uh, I came back and, you know, I just decided uh, that's what I'm going to do. Began pursuing my license for the state of Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Along that way, I picked up this book called Independent Adjusters Playbook written by Chris Stanley. Uh, Little Fast Read, which are my favorite. Uh, Read it. And in the back of that book, there's Chris Stanley's email. Chris at iPath.com still has the same email today. This is in 2018. Wow. And, uh, and I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever read a book where the author puts it's, uh, you know, his or her email. So that book, the book encouraged me so much. Uh, it made me feel like I could do this and it gave me some clear steps. Great. Um, so I just emailed him just simply to say, thank you for writing the book. Well, Lo and behold, this author uh, replies to my email and says, hey, thank you so much for encouraging me. You want to talk sometime. You want to talk on the phone. And of course, another moment, wow, an author wants to talk to me. So we got on the phone, uh, immediately hit it off. Uh, I I love Chris to death. Uh, He's one of my great friends now. But um, he began to talk about auto uh, appraisals, auto adjusting. Mm-hmm. And I knew nothing about vehicles. I, I could check the oil, you know, check the air. I didn't know the difference between a fender and a quarter panel, nothing. But he talked about the need that the industry's need for auto appraisers. He talked about his affiliation. I, I didn't even know that he, you know, had this, this mentoring training uh, program at, called IPATH. Um, but he shares this with me and essentially says, hey, why don't you consider going through my training and, and, and see if we can't get you working? Yes, get to property, but how about start with the foundation of auto, learn the claims experience, learn, you know, l- learn, learn all the elements of receiving and handling uh, and completing a claim. So I did, and I went through that program uh, every week I had revisions it, and it's a, it, it's designed to give you as, as best as it can, a real claim scenario situation. So mm-hmm. you write an estimate. I mean, if there's mistakes, you get a rejection, you know, uh, and you have to make revisions every week. I got a revision. So, um, did that. I have no idea how I, uh, became certified, but I did, I, I passed the course and just shortly after passing that course in January of 2019, um, because of the affiliation that IPATH has with companies like ACD and others, mm-hmm. um, you know, you guys gave me a chance, you know, it helped that certification because of what's taught and the, 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 uh, information, the insight that's given it, uh, it helps us bypass that, uh, you know, two to three, sometimes four years experience that so many firms want. And uh, the rest is history. I've been doing, you know, daily auto, uh, and of course now heavy equipment uh, claims every day since uh, yeah. early 2019. You so. know, that, that, that's a great, that's a great story. And the thing about it, and I know Chris's class is it breaks it down into really breaking down a lot of the fundamentals the fundamentals of the process. And that's, I'm a big believer in that because, you know, you, you know, you can learn, you can be at a collision repair shop and learn that process there. I personally, I learned the process working for carriers. So I went through 
uh, carriers, you know, multi-week training classes. They sent me for a couple of weeks back East to a training class at a facility. And you have to really, you dial in on that. And everybody kind of learns different ways. And it, I think his course has really given a lot of people the chance to learn with this, you know, that didn't exist when I started. You didn't have the internet to be able to do that. So that's, it's a great, it's a great, uh, great opportunity for a lot of people out there to get their feet wet, get out there and learn the process. And, 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 and just like you, once you learn through the course and then you start to do it in, into the real world, you start to learn and grow and keep building those skills. But those fundamentals, proper photographs, documentation, I think a lot of people, even if you come from a repair shop and you may know how to write an estimate, if you don't know the process of the claim or you don't know how to communicate with a vehicle owner, that can be even some of the most important things whatsoever right there is the actual process. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. So that course, um, you know, that Chris designed, uh, it taught us how to call the vehicle owner, you know, how to, you know, establish or set up our appointments, uh, you know, literally how to receive. I mean, I remember one of the first words that Chris, uh, you know, begin to drill into our, our heads was status, status, yes, status, status, exactly. communicate, communicate. And uh, I mean, every week, you know, um, it teaches us how to write an appraisal report, mm-hmm. um, how to, you know, complete a total loss workup. Um, I mean, yeah, the fundamentals, you know, um, uh, you know, how to, how to even inspect a vehicle, you know, front to back, left to right, outside. With a consistent inside. method, right? Consistent That's pattern. Right. So you, you it's make system. it, it's systematic, it's repeatable, and therefore you don't make mistakes and miss key right. photographs because i can't tell you missing the key photographs is, is a thing that's been that's been going on for years even when i started hey you didn't get the right photographs or you didn't get the right documentation documentation right. in this industry is essential and yeah. i tell like you're talking about statusing statusing is so important i think i always tell people and i repeat this over and over the problems that are generating claims are moments of uncertainty and the mo- and when a, when a vehicle owner is in an accident, they have moments of uncertainty. They don't know what's going right. to happen next. So if yes. you as an appraiser in the field or an adjuster, if you can alleviate that moment of uncertainty for that vehicle owner by giving them the information they need, then that helps pave the way for a smoother process. You know, so absolutely. So 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 you 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 went through the course. You had the background in property. Then you went into the mm-hmm. auto, and you've developed those skills. So. How did you go out, set up the business, you know, for somebody that hasn't ever set up the business? How do you set up the business? How do you get yourself marketing out to multiple firms? Like you work with our firm, you work with multiple firms. How do you go out there? What's some advice? Like, how'd you do it? And some tips you learned along the way that could help somebody. Sure. Um, Well, of course, I I feel uh, very, uh, you know, lucky in, in the fact that I path has affiliates, uh, you know, that they're partnered with. So I I feel like maybe that was a a little bit of an advantage, but still, you know, there's that, that moment when, uh, you know, a firm says, all right, we'll, we'll use you. And, and, but then you've got to start to build uh, that, that trust, that relationship. Um, But what I, what I did, uh, and this is, I'm just, I'm wired like this. I'm a process Mm -hmm. guy. Yep. You know, I, I never want to do step two until step one is completely, you know, accomplished. Uh, I might have my eye on step two, but I'm focused on step one. And so I felt that, and, and what I, what I realized early on immediately is that every firm has their own culture. They have their own, um, you know, systems, 
Mm -hmm. uh, they have their own value, you know, system. I mean, everybody knows what insurance company guidelines are. We get that, right. but you know, um, just, and I realized that if I'm going to do this right, I'm going to have to pace myself. I'm going to have to set a pace. Uh, and I was fortunate at the time that, you know, I could, I could step into this industry gradually. And so that's what I did. I, I just started, you know, one firm for one month, second month, second firm, and just begin to, uh, you know, take on until I built, uh, <laughs> built a claim load that I felt was, was not just manageable, but could also, you know, earn a great living. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely changed. I've been in the industry three and a half years now. Um, you know, the, the, the things that I was hoping for in the beginning, I'm experiencing now. Uh, but, you know, with, with growth, with yep. every level of growth comes new challenges. What are and some so, of the challenges? What are some of the challenges you'd say right now that are the biggest challenges? Yeah, right now, the biggest challenge for me is managing uh, claim load in my area. Um, you know, during COVID, I, my area, about a 200 mile radius, I know that sounds large, but I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a, a unique area of Kentucky. Um, and especially on the heavy equipment side, it just, there's not many heavy equipment appraisers for sure. Um, but I, the challenge I'm facing now, uh, currently mm -hmm. is claim load and, and managing that, you know, um, it just, I don't know, and Ernie, you probably have way better gauge on the industry and, and the claims volume side of things, but you know, what it is now compared to what it was just even before COVID it's, it's, it feels like night and day, um, you know, before COVID, I felt like I could, you know, I, it, 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 it has, it had its challenges, but it was, definitely manageable and now i'm at a level where my my business has grown to where i'm trying to figure out okay how do i maintain the relationships yeah you know by way of of finishing uh, assignments on time that that's the biggest challenge i have yeah. right now that's the growth really. pains yeah that's the growth pains which are good things to have you're Definitely growing growth uh, what i see in the industry and to kind of follow up on what you were saying i think a lot of this is born out of the fact that pre-COVID, uh, there was a situation where a lot of carriers, they had a lot of staff on board. Mm -hmm. There's the push to photo estimating and then claim volume dropped. And I think a lot of carriers and a lot of you know companies that had, they downsized some of their internal staffs. They brought some of the photo estimating in, but I think there's been a, there's been a, just a drop in the skill sets out there. Uh, people actually can go in the field. If carriers downsize their staff, people retired, people move on. There's a, a, a finite resource out there of quality trained people. And there's actually, that's why I think it's a great opportunity uh, because as much as we talk in, in the industry about insure tech, technology, how it's going to streamline straight through processing, from my perspective, this claims business is a human business. I say it all the time. And you can use computers and use technology to assist in the process, but to replace humans in this important industry, I think is, is, is short-sighted. You can't do that. And I think for you getting this volume like this, we're coming into a world where carriers have their internal field, or I should say the photo estimating teams, but they don't have the resources that can go out there and deliver that great service in person. That's why they rely on resources out there that can deliver 
that quality service. That's why it's more important than ever, I think, for the independent appraisers out there to realize, hey, you're, you're often the face of that client of yours. You're that face. You have the opportunity to build a great reputation, grow your business, and like I said, manage that growth. But from my perspective, there's a lot of opportunity out there. Oh, my goodness. I'm, of course, I, I'm, I'm still very much involved in the iPath community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, you know, I get to talk to a lot of appraisers all around the nation. And, um, you know, even even our new newly graduated students, I mean, I, I can't think of an appraiser right now that is not working. And the work is just you know not just steady i mean i think we're all dealing with that right now mm-hmm. and it is and it is a great problem i'm not complaining um but it's it is challenging right now to to you know to manage the claim load but one thing i so, want to say that i think for a lot of appraisers out there that you should keep in mind is to keep growing your skill set keep learning keep mm-hmm. growing you can build that initial uh knowledge base that you can learn but always have that hunger to grow your skills and now for you, for example, Brad, I'm telling you, I see you on LinkedIn. I see you post the, well, you see pretty much everything out there, right? You've seen tractor trailers, farm equipment. Yeah. I mean, what, what have everything. you learned? What are some of the things you have experienced? Like pretty yeah, much everything? I, I've, I've gotten to do an Amish uh, buggy. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, they, of course, they, they were the claimant. Uh, yep. So they got hit. Um, we totaled the buggy. Uh, that was that was a fun one. Um, I've uh, I've worked on a uh, cotton candy, um, well, like cotton candy slash hot dog trailer. Wow. Uh, learned a ton on that one. Yep. Uh, I actually went to the factory where they manufacture them. They also have a wow. repair side. That's interesting. You get to, to learn, talk. right? Hands on. Oh learn. man. It. Uh, listen. Uh, what I have found, especially you know, even at body shops. You know, a lot of these technicians, no one ever asked them, you know, how do you do this? So the minute you ask them, how do you make this? How do you repair this? Mm-hmm. I mean, you just just sit back and listen and they will explain every detail. You know, uh, I learned I, I I think that's if I have any strengths at all, that that would be one strength I, I know of. I try to remain a student. I, I love mm-hmm. learning. Yep. I struggled growing up learning. So, you know, I don't know, somewhere my brain started working and uh, I love learning. Um, and, and, and just I, there, there's a sense of accomplishment in the fact of just knowing more than you did today, you know, yep. than you did yesterday. And this industry, and that's what I tell, you know, I have the opportunity to, to encourage a lot of new appraisers. And that's just one of the things, listen, you know, even failure, you know, you get a rejection on, on a, on an estimate and you've got to rewrite it. And it's a long one, you know, yeah, I know what and you mean. You use that as a learning opportunity, you know, try to let that be the, 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 the first time and the last time you make that mistake, learn from it, you know, stay, uh, stay teachable. And, um, and, and I've been challenged with that admonition before, but I, I do try to keep it, you know, close to my heart uh, and try to be teachable. Sure. One thing I noticed about you that's, uh, that really catches my eye on, on LinkedIn, you're very active. I see you post things and you know, some of the things you've inspected, you talk about the industry. I think that's really important because that brings attention to our industry. 
And right. it's done, I think, with a, really with a positive mindset, which I really like. I think that's the thing. And it's inspiring because, you know, I see the people who are liking the post, they're following, they're doing these things. It brings attention. And, and, and also, I think by doing that, other appraisers out there see that. And it sort of creates like, hey, I'm not alone out here. And maybe right. somebody's out in California or somebody's in Arizona or somebody's in some state and they feel, hey, I'm an isolated appraiser out here in my own area. But then they see other people going through that and it sort of creates a network of people that kind of, you know, could share in those things and see what's going on. So I, I have to say, I'm really impressed with the way you, you, you use that social media. You, you do it in a positive way and really get out there. It's really, really inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. Know? Yeah, I, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm still I feel like a rookie many days. Uh, you know, just three and a half years into the industry. I mean, there's there's some folks that have been here for decades, but um, I think that's one of the things that I started to notice is is uh, you know it, it's kind of like this secret uh, world or hidden world, I should say, and uh, so that that's part of it, and and just trying to fuel or nurture connection. Yeah. Um, I you know there there's. You know, I ride around in a vehicle sometimes all day long. I'm by, I'm by myself. Mm -hmm. You know, especially in 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 rural Kentucky, I'm on, you know, uh, the back roads, and you know, just to get on LinkedIn and, and connect that way. Um, it I don't know. I just uh, you know, it's kind of cliche, but I, it's true. We're we're just better together. You know, and uh, I've had appraisers reach out to me on LinkedIn. You know, just getting started. Mm -hmm. Um, yep. I've reached out to some folks, you know, especially when I ventured into the heavy equipment side of things, you know, how, how do I go about, you know, addressing this damage or, or whatever? Um, yeah. And it gives people insight. Um, you know, we're professionals. That's There's a lot of knowledge are. to be shared. There's a lot of knowledge to be yeah. shared out there. And that, and that's key. Like I, like when I look back to my career, when I started out, went to a two week training class at the insurance carrier, and then they throw you right in the field. And I remember how I felt so ill-prepared and I got it, but then you just started learning and growing. Like you said, you start to ask other people and you start to gain other people's knowledge. There's a lot of wealth of knowledge to be shared amongst each other yes. out there, which is really powerful. Yes, you know? absolutely. Hey, so, so what's your thoughts on this, this whole AI estimating stuff oh, yeah. out there? What do you, what do you think about that? <laughs> I have my thoughts on it, but what do you, what do you think? Oh, on absolutely. That? Yeah. Well, of course, um, man, there's so much we could talk about on this. Of course, from a business standpoint, I under I get it. I understand you're always trying to find ways to be more efficient, to be more profitable. I get that. Mm -hmm. And and there are certain aspects when it comes to the damage of a vehicle that definitely, you know, it may not need a, a physical inspection, an appraiser on it. But when it comes to the damage appraisal side of the world. We are, we, we might, it might be a, a damaged bumper, but behind that damaged bumper is the owner. It's, it is a person. Uh, it is a, you know, a mother, you know, a single mother that, that's trying to get children to daycare, to school, soccer practice, and then go to work. And that is, that vehicle is all she has. Or maybe a, a, a student in, in school or, right or, you know, the breadwinner of the home, um, that vehicle, I cannot tell you how many times, you know, and you, you kind of alluded to it earlier, uh, Ernie, but sometimes I'm the only human or the, the only interaction that these owners have had, right. you know, they filed their claim on a, on an app, 
you know, which is fine. They filed the claim on an app. They got a, a response, a, a reply, an email that says, hey, somebody's on it. Right. And then I call and I'm a human. And, you know, just you can tell that there, you know, some instances they're just worried. And you cannot, uh, especially when we're thinking about customer service, uh, I, I'm you know, I've never, I've never served on the insurer side of the industry, but I'm just thinking, man, if, um, if, if I want to keep the, uh, you know, the policyholders, um, I want to make sure that customer services is number one. Yep. And, um, and yes, IA will have its place, but you cannot remove the human factor you know, even the heart factor. And um, I, I just, uh, I just think we're here to stay. I mean, you know, AI can't go to a salvage yard. He can't go to a tow right. yard or, or, you know, uh, and accomplish what's needed in those instances. Uh, you know, um, software or, or, or technology cannot calm uh, you know, a, a worried elderly individual who's on a fixed income and they just got hit. They're the claimant. They just got hit. And, and you know, this vehicle's 20 years old. It's going to get totaled. Yep. You know, they need a, a someone to, to calm them and uh, just even just give them just the practical pieces. You know, you know, you've probably developed, you know, studies are, are out there as to how many people have never filed a claim they don't know what to do right you know so just helping them along is is I, is yeah, necessary i agree with you you know and, and I, I see situations where a lot of times maybe a carrier try to do a photo estimate first and then that gets assigned to oh it has to be cleaned up you have to basically almost restart the whole thing because doing it off of photographs like you said on small claims may have its advantages but when you try to do Heavy damage uh, behind. There's so many much behind. When a teardown happens, you find all this hidden damage. It almost moots at the point of why did you even go to a photo estimate? You could have solved the problem immediately by having a person out. So it has to be. I think personally, AI technology automation needs to be more of assisted solutions right. for the adjuster and the appraiser. Right. What can you do to remove needless tasks that are um, just sort of tasks that don't really have value to the process where instead of trying to take over a process, it can be tools to help out. Let me ask you, what are some of the things just off the top of your head, like one or two things that you think that uh, maybe a carriers could do better or things that would make your job easier in the field? Like what are some things that you find that are maybe in a reoccurring problem that if that was done better, it would make it easier? Well, of course, we're always talking about communicating communication from our uh, you know, place to mm -hmm. the carrier via the appraisal firm. But what I would love to see is either more communication or clearer communication from the insurance uh, company to the uh, vehicle owner, whether it be, uh, you know, the insured or claimant. It doesn't, I, 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 it seems like more often than not, like I just said, you know, we've got an individual here that has a claim and they don't know what to do next. They, they have, they don't know. They don't know who to call. Right. They don't know who their point of contact is. And of course they end up calling me. I'm happy to answer the phone, but there's oftentimes where I have to say, listen, 
I really don't know where to point you. I, I can email the adjuster, mm-hmm. you know, via the firm and tell them that, you know, you're now waiting three weeks, you know, but uh, it seems like just, you know, just a simple, you know, bullet point list. This is how this claim process is going to go. So you're saying basically you know? inform the their customers maybe a little bit better about what to expect during the process or to set expectations. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it even happened to me. I, I called an insured today to schedule uh, an appointment, and and I mean, he was nice about it, but he said, you know, well, you know, why why are, why are you calling me? And, you know, I've I've already taken right. my vehicle to the shop. They wrote an estimate. You know why? And I was just thinking, why didn't anyone just simply tell him, hey, we're going to send an appraiser out? you know, to confirm the damages or work with the, the body shop, uh, you it's know. It's possible somebody may not have even spoke with them. Right. Okay. Oh, he, he, you know, this gentleman had no idea. I mean, thankfully, through that conversation, I was able to just explain. And of course, his immediate response was worry. You know, it was just yeah. a kind of level of some, some sort of anxiousness. Wait a minute, is something wrong? And I'm just reassuring him, listen, you know, nothing's wrong here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be here till your vehicles completed, you know, uh, repaired. Um, but yeah, it just, that, that I think would, would help, um, a lot, you know, um, that, that would be the biggest, one of the biggest, uh, things that I could think of right now. So, so now I want you to kind of think about this a little bit. Now, what advice would you give some tips I'm a new appraiser. I'm getting in the business. I'm ready to go. I've got my training. I'm ready to go. What are some things that I would say that are just like non-negotiables? You got to do these things to be successful. If you want to go out there and be successful as this thing, what are some key tips like in your typical day or things you get advice to somebody starting out? Absolutely. Well, I, I did this over the weekend, a young lady who, who is only two weeks in Mm-hmm. And, um, she's, you know, she signed up with five firms, uh, starting out. And of course, where she's lived, where she lives, her services are very much needed. Mm-hmm. So all of these firms are starting to send her and, and they're not talking to each other. They don't know that, you know, we sent her 10 this week and the other firm sent her 10. So already she's feeling overwhelmed mm-hmm. and, and then she's a new appraiser. So she's starting to, you know, she's having to become familiar with um, her estimating software, the different portals mm-hmm. for each uh, company. Um, you know, just kind of like I said earlier, the value system, kind of what, and when I say value system, I'm even going in deeper, like, you know, every QC department is, is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's already feeling overwhelmed. And I always encourage uh, new appraisers back to what I said earlier, pace yourself, start slow. Um, keep in mind that it's, it's practice before profits. I kind of took the first six to eight months in my mind, and it was all about perception. I had to really kind of, so what I told myself is, listen, these firms are taking a chance on me, and they're paying me at some level to learn. And uh, and, and so I kind of just took that frame, you know, I had the fundamentals, you know, I knew, I knew, mm-hmm. you know, how much repair time to give to that, yeah. you know, dented fender, but um, there are levels of the repair that that are a bit challenging, you know, structural damage and things like that. 
So, you know, pace yourself. Um, I see a lot of, lot of new appraisers that are not thinking through the bookkeeping side of their business. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have a real clear system for invoicing or even tracking. You know, maybe they don't have to invoice the firm, um, but they're just not tracking. And I can't imagine driving around all day wondering, you know, what am I going to make this month? Right. Um, you know, you need that knowledge. I think you need to measure, you know, profits versus, uh, you know, excuse me, uh, income versus expenses. And these are things, and I tell people, you know, we, as independent appraisers, you, you're not, you're not starting a job, you're starting a company. That's right. And, um, you know, you're everything in that company though. You're CEO, you're, you're in every hat. department, <laughs> everything, you're dispatch, yeah. you know, um, and it's a lot in the beginning, but, uh, you know, if, if, I mean, I can't think of anyone who's ever started a successful company that didn't have to endure and even embrace that, that hardship, you know? Um, and so those are, those are some of the things that I see a lot of new appraisers, you know, again, again, back to the simple things about not communicating. Oh yeah. Um, um, just not schedule, not having a clear or, or a, uh, a good way of scheduling, you know, um, those are, those are things that you have to learn, you know, I agree. Um, I agree with that. And can, when you said communication, communication is key. I think communication, it, from our perspective as a, you know, as a firm that it has independent appraisers throughout the country in our network, the biggest thing for us is a lot of times people say, Hey, how can I get more work? But it communicates a lot of times you have to remember that we may not know coverage areas that you've expanded to. We may not know that you're going to be on vacation for a week unless you let us know or you're out for it. So that communication goes a long way. And from my perspective, if you can keep a great relationship with the vendor partners or you you have out there, different companies that you're working with from the person side, that will go a long way to solidifying yourself as a go-to person, a person that's reliable. Think about that. Being reliable is probably one of the most important things with great communication, because then you know you can be counted on. So I always tell people that communication and you're just like, just reiterating exactly what you said, you know, right. All right. Right on. I've noticed, um, you know, cause I've watched over three and a half years, I've watched some, some really good appraisers and it, and it's, it's momentary. But it feels it, so they'll 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 maybe get overwhelmed with claim volume, mm-hmm. and they they get this idea that that this is the way it's always going to be, you know, um, and they forget they forget that the, the human factor. And what I mean by that is, and I've encouraged them some. Listen, just just tell them I'm overwhelmed. Just simply say that, exactly. you know, I'm not lazy. I'm not you know I'm not neglectful. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not, um, I, I, I am a reliable person, but I only have 24 hours in my day. That's right. You know, um, I'm happy to do anything you want me to do. Um, but just simply say that and see what they say back, you know, right. They'd rather have, um, we'd rather have people be honest and communicate what the situation is versus trying to take on too much and not being able to deliver that only creates a, it backfires in many ways because yeah. then you're like, well, this person thought they could take it all because you know, and then they can't, they don't deliver. So that's there's right. a fear. 
there's a fear in us as appraisers that if, you know, especially guys like, like me, you know, uh, I'll just use ACD, for instance, mm -hmm. ACD took a chance on me. And man, the last thing I want to tell them is no, you know, um, and, and that can be dangerous, you know, um, to, to not say no when you need to. And lo and behold, because I've been there, I, I've, I've, I've made that mistake of not learning uh, the power of no. Uh, yep. No doesn't mean no, I don't want to do it. Sometimes no just simply means I want to do it, but I, I cannot figure right. out how. And that's you know? key. That communication is key. Let me, let me ask you, do you have any good stories? Like, give me a good story, any stories you've had out in the field of something you've seen or anything exciting that people might be find interesting? Oh, man, let me tell you about my first ever assignment. I was, oh, man, I, I was I was just waiting for that email to come through. Uh -huh. And and it was uh, I remember I got the email notice about nine o'clock. It was a Thursday. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just in my mind. I'm just going to be super appraiser. I've got my cape. Uh, you know, I've got this. This this is mine. This is my hour. And I got it. Um, of course, I started in a just, uh, not a just right, but I started with Autotex. Uh -huh. um, and uh, that's where I learned. I, I wrote all my first estimates in, uh, in, in Autotex. Well, I receive a supplement assist. What in the world is a supplement assist? Uh -huh. <laughs> so I, and of course, there's the attachment. Here is the insurance carrier's uh, estimate that they've written in CCC, which I've never seen. Wow. CCC. That was a curveball thrown at you then. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, so, I mean, you already, there's a couple of challenges. This, this initial estimate was written off photos and the vehicle is at a shop. The shop is 45 minutes away. Uh, you know, again, my first inspection at a body shop, you know, wow. these guys have been in the industry all these years. So I'm trying to think, am I going to tell them that I'm brand new or what, or let them figure it out? So I show up, the estimate was about $1,200 mm -hmm. written off of photos. And I show up to the shop. I'm, I'm, I'm great friends with the, the gentleman that runs, that's the lead estimator now. I, I, his name's Mark. Mm -hmm. Great, great guy. We've built a, a great friendship over the years. But uh, Mark, I don't know if Mark... <laughs> since that I was new, but he took time. He brought me a $12,000 estimate that he wrote after wow. the vehicle had been torn down. Yeah, it, it was, uh, it was a front end collision, uh, you know, that, that secondary impact, of course, went all the way through the fenders. It went up into the engine compartment and everything, but it just, it just wasn't noticeable. Um, it, it was it was pretty, of course, OEM parts on on this particular mm -hmm. vehicle. But Mark took his time with me and and walked me through that estimate. But I remember just, you know, thinking, you know, prior to getting that as that assignment, I'm thinking, man, what an opportunity. And then coming home afterwards, thinking, I'm doomed. I I haven't even got started. And I'm gonna. Yeah you know, I'm going to let everyone down. Um, but thankfully I made it through, <laughs> I made yeah. it through that. And I look back on that now 
And, uh, you know, I do that every day now. I mean, just, you know, yes, yeah, encountering uh, that fear. I know the first time when there's something you have an experience like that, and it seems challenging. My advice to people like that uh, is out there when they come with something like that is to document really well, take a lot of photographs, really. But when you're starting out, that's a heck of a story because it's not just a small hit you got. It was oh a massive goodness. one. My my story when I started ACD uh, in 2003, first claim we ever got. And, you know, it was the one where they said, um, okay, what's your rates? We gave them a rates of what we charge. And they go, okay, great. We got one in the middle of nowhere. It was like five hour drive. I go, well, that's mileage. <laughs> it was like, it was like five hours and we got somebody to finally, I got lucky though, because we found somebody that was an appraiser in that town. So it was a mountain town in the middle of nowhere, but for somebody to go there would have been about five hours. Like yeah. they give you the hardest claim. Sometimes you get some of the most biggest, the biggest challenges like that. But if you're able to overcome them, like your story, then it's smooth sailing. Um, so. That, uh, that, that was, that was, of course, I think the, you know, and, and, and then within auto claims, there's been, you know, I remember the first time I got a rear collision and mm -hmm. just learning about that. And, you know, uh, so many things, you know, mechanical, uh, you know, through iPath, we learned a ton about, yep. you know, panels and, you know, uh, but man, getting inside the engine and suspension. And I just remember having to learn, you know, learn quick. I, I've, I've got to find resources. I've got to read an article. I've got to watch a YouTube video. I've got to call a mechanic that I've met, you know, right. over the and years. It doesn't hurt to ask questions. That's the thing is to ask questions, have people explain things out, even like when you're at that shop and you start to learn when they start the technicians and then start to explain things. You can really, it can be a great source of knowledge. And it's just really to not, not close yourself off, but have that open mind to listen. Like you said, so. Stay teachable. Absolutely. Yep, exactly. I, I mean, so, uh, so, so we've been going a long, long time here. We've been, this has been fun going over this stuff. So, Hey, we got, as we wrap up, I want to, Brad, tell us about besides this claims business, what are some of the things you like to do outside of, outside of the business? Yeah. What are you doing? Well, I love, uh, I love music. Uh, I, I play music. I love live music. I'm only about an hour from Nashville. I uh, definitely don't get to go to as many concerts or, or just, you know, to hear live bands as, as I would like to. I've got a 20-year-old daughter who loves music as well, and she still she still likes to hang out with me, which is, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm grateful for that. But we do a lot of concerts together. My son is... Uh, uh, he's, he eats, sleeps and drinks baseball. I love baseball. I grew up loving nice. baseball. Um, I, I was never, ever the player that he was ever. Um, but, uh, he does travel ball. So we get to do that on the weekends. I love that. I love Great. going and, and watching him. And, um, I, you know, I, 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 I don't get to fish, but I dream about fishing a yeah. lot. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I, I'm at a place in my life, you know, um, I just, I love hanging out with, with my, my kids a lot. Yeah. I know what um, you mean. Yep. Family love encouraging people. I, I, I enjoy helping people feel like that they can accomplish something, uh, that, that seems almost, you know, impossible to accomplish. And, and that, that you can feel like that in the industry, you know, mm -hmm. 
you know, so so getting to do that connect uh, that way. I, those are those are some of my my passions. And, That's great. Like I said, yeah. you know, you're you're a really positive influence in the industry. So I just again, well, you know, I just you. want to thank you for that because you, it's really it's really good what you're doing, and I think it inspires other people. And that's what I really enjoy about it. I like helping other people myself. We have the same kind of mentality. I like to feel that you know it gets to the point where you got you, so many people out there you'd love to help, and that, and you have that that same mindset. So, you know, as thank we you, close sir. here, Brad. It, Tell our listeners how they can get in touch with your firm. If they're interested in a carrier or somebody that wants another network firm, anybody, how they get a hold of you and, and uh, make a connection. Well, thank you. Well, first of all, thanks for just letting me be a part. I, yeah, you're welcome. Uh, I, I feel very, very honored to, to be a part. And I hope, I hope I can help, help someone uh, just with my story alone, but uh, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, I, you know, I, I wish I would have created LinkedIn, <laughs> but uh LinkedIn is the best, uh, the best way to, to reach me. Um, you know, a lot of connections with, with folks on LinkedIn. It's amazing how, you know, I don't know how many people are on LinkedIn, but, uh, at the end of the day, it, it feels very connected, uh, there. So LinkedIn, uh, would be the, the best, um, you know, I, I'm not there going to give you my email address. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying my best to manage that part of my world. But uh, yeah, LinkedIn is, is All right. great. That sounds let's, good. Let's hook up there. Yeah. You got it. Well, it was great having you on, Brad. And and, and like I said, appreciate everything you do in the industry and, and, and the great product you have out there. So. Well, thanks, Ernie. Uh, I, again, appreciate you uh, letting me, inviting me to be a part. Of course, I love working with ACD. Um, there's a great culture there. Um, you know, the, the, the team that you have there, um, you know, it, it, they encourage, uh, and they, they do, they, they, they will reach out from time to time and, um, just, you know, check on you. Um, they're, they're very affirming. So, uh, really grateful for that. And, uh, yeah. Thank All right. You. Again. All right. Keep in touch and we'll talk to you later. All right, man. This has been Focus on Claims with Ernie Bray, President and CEO of ACD.